Here's your fun fact. In the 1920s, the Hollywood sign was lit by thousands of light bulbs, and the guy who changed the burnt out ones lived in a little cabin near this sign. Stay tuned to Inspirado Projecto for more fun facts. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are waiting here for Mike Schley, uh, the founder of Domino Intergalactic, uh, Interactive, Domino Interactive Film Festival. And I'm waiting for him. He's going to arrive here. I'll be helping him out with that. Um, also, also, um, keep in mind there's the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival, which will be happening. This is the one that I co-organized with uh, Ryan McGonigal, Dave Uchansky, Shada Mahognan, Jack Derosina. Uh, these folks, we, we put together the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival, which is happening this year, September... Thirteenth uh, through the nineteenth, September thirteenth through the nineteenth. Yeah, so that's going on. Thirteenth through the nineteenth, over here at over here at uh, NoHo Seven in the uh, what is this, Lancashire? So, there's a lot floating around. There's a lot floating around. For those of you who listen to... Uh, maybe you were led to this podcast through my continual Instagram postings about listening to this podcast. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps you found this podcast through Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, uh, Blueberry... Pod Chaser, Podacy, Pod Knife, Radio Public, Podcast Republic, I think that's what it's called, Downcast, uh, Castbox, Outcast, Outcast, something like Outbreak, Breakout, Outbreak, Outcast, uh, what else? What else do we got? There's so many of these things. Chartable, listen notes. These are off the top of my head. I don't even have the full sheet. If I were to read to you the full sheet and all the places that this is available, you could go to your smart TV and go, oh, iHeart, iHeartRadio. That podcast is on iHeart. You could go to your TV that has uh, any podcast ability. And there's a good chance that you'll find you'll find Inspirato Projecto Podcast on that podcast app. Whatever your favorite one is. Maybe you have an iPhone. Maybe you have a Samsung. Maybe you have a any, all, any kind of Android product. Linux? I'm sure Linux has podcast stuff. I'm going to investigate more Linux stuff. That's, that's my... That's one of my new resolutions here. 
finding a Linux cell phone product, any kind of products, Linux-based. I've not heard any advertisements, any news whatsoever about spy, spy stuff being put on, on those machines. These other phones, they're loaded with it. Uh, Linux. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm sure even Linux, they got pod, they got podcast listening things. I'm astonished with how many people across the world are listening to this podcast. You're one of those people. I don't know where you're at right now. What I would love is feedback, not on... I'm not begging for you to 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 compliment this podcast or to be angry about it or to, you know, not that kind of feedback. I would like feedback from you that has to do with more more sharing really than feedback. Uh, my feedback will be your sharing. So just uh, if you were to share your songs with me, share your poems with me, share your found sounds, found sounds, and now another edition of Found Sounds, where we report to you live from this busy, from this busy intersection, and now another, another edition of Found Sound, while we report to you live from this telephone booth. There's still telephone booths, ladies and gentlemen. There's still telephone booths. Cost 50 cents to make a phone call these days. How interesting How interesting is that? How interesting is that? I love it. I love it. There are still telephone booths out there in the world. I love it. Hey, if, if you know of any good telephone locations, telephone booths, um, also those red ones. I'm really looking for the red ones. The ones that are kind of like the Doctor Who uh, police box. There are those red telephone booths. I need to know about where you know of them in Los Angeles. How about that? Send it to me. Send it to the... Give me a voicemail. 561-203-9179. We are located in Jupiter. Uh, you will not incur any long-distance charges... I know, Jupiter sounds very far away. However, 561-203-9179. There's a great chance that your cell phone can, can call this number without any repercussions. You can do it. Uh, I don't know what your long-distance plan is. Let's say if you got a home phone... Landline, as, as some people call it. I don't know what your long-distance plan there is, but... You can even text me. You can even text me. Text me your stuff. If you don't want to add your voice to it... Plus, remember, too, if you add your voice to something, you can always have an alias. That's the other cool thing. You can always have an alias. So, let's see. Text... Text stuff to me. Five six one two zero three nine one seven nine or I will play I will read it on the air. If you send me a voicemail, I will 
I could take the MP3 of that audio. You probably heard a past episode, a recent episode we just had. Heck, I'll you know what I'll do? I'm gonna put up the uh, Insprado Projecto Hotline theme song after this little segment, and and uh, I'll I'll put one of the phone calls, one of the recent voicemails that we got. It's great. It's spectacular. This, I mean, you could speak, call me up and speak gibberish. It's all, the whole point of it is the participation. Yes, obviously. You know, you call me up with your dream. You call me up with your synchronicity. You call me up with some haiku that you invented. You call me up with something uh, uh, imaginative and creative and, you know, going along with the improv. I'm more concerned about the commitment to the creation of the art product that you're creating. I'm concerned more about the the commitment to the creation of that in more cases than the what was created. I really favor the integrity of just creating something because you you feel that's the thing to make at that moment. It's interesting how a metaphor for life, something like a blank piece of paper can become. When you look at a blank piece of paper, that can become such a huge metaphor for life. It's been used eons for eons for a metaphor for life. And when, when we think about that, I think that, that idea of a blank canvas, of a blank slate, of being able to do whatever you want, I think that's a very scary thing for a lot of folks. It's a lot, very scary, that's a very scary thing for many minds particularly for the minds that are used to going to the 9-to-5 jobs, being told what to do, someone moving them around, someone telling them where to go. Maybe you're working out in the fields picking strawberries. There's someone there to tell you what to do at a certain time to get it done by, and you'll get paid a certain amount of money, and these are the agreements that we're all making here. And when that regime isn't there. Oh, this person is just walking across the street. They don't care. They don't care. It's a total green light. They don't care. They got one pant leg all the way up around the kneecap. They don't care. This street, they own the street. They go, they just, they're just going. I'm starting to put two and two together. I wonder as I look over here to the other, this other side of the street, I'm wondering if this person who's walking belongs to that tent that's sleeping on the ground. See, that person, the, the people sleeping in the streets, it's like they don't have car insurance. They don't have... Uh, parking tickets, gas bills, electric bills... This whole thing is just a simulator after all. So if we think about that impatience, a lot of times I'm a very impatient person. I'm very impatient. I want to get this thing done now. I want to, I see it. And then also and then in those moments now what I notice that I have that impatience, I can look at it and check myself and go, okay. Okay. It's all unfolding by divine nature. It's all unfolding. So this blank slate of paper, knowing that you can you know, kind of make up your own rules, kind of like it's interesting that that metaphor for that person walk, just walking across the street uh, during a red light, of course the universe provided that as an example, brilliant example. That person just went. There were all these rules here, and that person just went. They dared 
I mean, they just went, they put their foot forward and they went, okay, universe, you make the next move. They trusted that they were not going to get struck by a car. They trusted that someone in a car, whoever was going to be driving at that moment in time, if there happened to be a car driving, they trusted that that person was going to stop for them. Or maybe they wanted to get struck by the car. Either way, they were okay with that decision. So that blank slate, some can look at that and go, oh my God, I'm so intimidated, I'm so intimidated, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then if I were to ask that same mind, hey, what, you know, if a genie popped out, what would be your wish? What would be the ultimate thing that would just really make you, where you'd feel so satisfied, you know, where you wouldn't feel any sort of burden, stress, etc., etc., etc.? That's ultimately, I think, the space that everybody wants to be at. Stress-free, not having to be told what to do, not expected to do something, but they're doing things because they want to, because they're excited, because they're... You know, the inspiration is such a huge deal. When I would substitute, I remember I substitute taught this art class one time. It was like a dream come true for me. Substitute teaching an art class. It was something I had been waiting to do for the longest time. Substitute teaching art class. And one day I get this art class and there's about 40 students in there. A lot of students. And uh, that day's assignment was the simplest assignment ever. All they had to do was take out a blank sheet of paper. They could use whatever they wanted. Paints, uh, uh, colored pencils, uh, crayons, uh, pencils with regular lead. Uh, whatever they wanted. All they had to do was put their name down on a piece of paper and make it artistic. All they had to do was put it down on a piece of paper and make it artistic. And I said, how many of you in this class want, or how many of you in this class want to be here? I really love art. And maybe about eight of them raised their hands. I said, as for the rest of you who didn't raise your hand, why are you here? And so they started raising their hands. And I'm like, okay, you. And he's like, well, this is, you know, I had a different elective that I wanted, but they put me in here instead. So I'm here because I have to be here. And so a lot of these, you know, kids, either they took it because they thought it would be a simple class or they took it because, mostly because there was no other elective that was open, apparently. And then there are a few of those who really wanted to take the class. So then I went into telling them how art was my favorite class in schools that I would take because it was the one class where I could make whatever I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted. I could travel as far as my imagination and no one could tell me what to do, what not to do. And during classes, I would draw on my art book. I'd draw on my notebooks. I had art all over the place. And I said, this is what you guys are doing. You're going to draw your name on a piece of paper and make it artistic, and that's it. 
Then I heard him go, oh, Mr. C, I don't know how to draw. I don't like to draw. Oh, I hate drawing. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I said, every single one of you is going to do this assignment, and you're going to love it. I can tell you right now, by the end of this class, you are going to love it. You're not going to want to stop drawing by the end of this class. You're going to become so involved with what you're creating that nothing else, you know, when that bell rings, you might not even hear it. But this is the rule. If anyone says anything bad about, about their own art, you call me over to their table. If anyone says anything bad about anyone else's art, you call me over to that table. This is the rule. If you hear someone saying something bad about their own art, you say, no, you're an extraordinary artist. That's what I want to hear you say to each other today. You are all geniuses today. As far as you're concerned. Hey, look what we've got here. We've got Mr. Michael Schley. Good to Hello, see you. How's it going, Arthur? <laughs> um, dude, it's another beautiful day out here. Another beautiful day out here. So uh, now that you're... Um, why don't you tell the at-home viewers a little bit about... You just recently... We talked to you on a radio show. We talked to you on K-Chung about uh, how you're going to get your film festival up and going. And so far, it looks like it's up. Can you tell the, the, the listeners anything about this? I don't think the, the podcast listeners, they know little bits about the, uh, about the Domino Interactive Film Festival. But can you fill them in with some of, the, some of the fun details? Well, the best part about it is it's interactive. That means you're a participant. All the other film festivals don't have that. Uh, it's just a film festival. You watch the films, everybody celebrates, they get their awards, and it's over. With us, we're putting, we're making it into a variety show, a TV, and then also uh, broadcasting it live. So that way the viewers are the ones who judge instead of having a bunch of panelists doing the judges. And who's the most important people anyway? It's the fans. Let them do the judging. Wow. How, okay, so how are they, gonna, how are these, how are they actually going to uh, judge Oh, they're going to judge by, uh, similar to The Voice, where you have text messages, where you text in the, your votes, and then after uh, four or five months, if I think it's five months of viewing, then we're going to uh, tabulate all the votes and uh, see where they're at, and then we're going to have the semifinalists, then we'll broadcast those, and th then uh, all the viewers will be able to vote again until the finals happen, which is then the film festival slash variety show. Because we're going to have music, live music acts. Whoever submits their music videos that we'd like them to bring their instruments and play for us and play their music. There's going to be a bunch of other uh, great great entertainment along with, uh, with the films. Oh, that's cool. So that's kind of like the Oscars where they, they have the... Um, like, let's say, for instance, if there's a song nominated from a movie or something, they'll have the artist up there playing their song. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. You, you hit it right on the head. Let them... Uh, let them have their day. That's cool. Okay. So, okay. So, so musicians with, like, I'm picturing if they send in their, their music video and they decide to put the music video um, uh, on, online or, you know, in, so you're saying that they send in their music video, the music video, if it's chosen to screen by the viewers at the festival, those people can actually play now are they gonna are they gonna play like 
at the festival? Is it going to be? Is there going to be a spot for the musicians? Where? How are they going to? What are your thoughts on how you think that's going to work? They're actually what we're planning is in between the films is have the music videos and and uh, the 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 music performers perform in between the video in between the movies. Oh, so, okay. So that way it's uh, kind of a continuous. Instead of having breaks, we'll have music acts in between the films. So there's going to be constant entertainment, uh, constant stimulation. Instead of having breaks in between where they clean the theater, it's, we go into a music act. When the music act is over and, they, and we celebrate uh, their accomplishment, then we go into a film. And so on and so on for uh, five days straight. <laughs> This is great. This sounds, it sounds like a circus. Oh, it, like it's going to be a carnival. Big old carnival. And come on out. Tickets are going to be as low as $3 for adults, $1 for kids. A dollar popcorn, dollar sodas, dollar candy. Bring, bring everybody out. That's crazy talk. Now, where the heck are you? Where, okay, so the Warner, I was looking up the Warner Grand. Now, what, it looks like that this was like a big theater back in the day where they would have a lot of premieres and stuff what can you fill me in on that looks like the warner brothers owned it yeah the warner brothers owned it and uh, back in the day that uh the the companies that made the movies actually owned the theaters also but uh there was some antitrust or uh monopoly laws that popped in and they had to sell off all their theaters Whoa. and this is uh one of the last ones left in existence it was built in 1931 there were three of them that were pretty identical to each other. One in Huntington Park, one in Beverly Hills, and then the one in San Pedro. And it's the only one still existing. And uh, it's the grandest out of the three that Warner brought, uh, built in the Los Angeles area. It looks huge. I mean, the stuff that I saw just on the, your Film Freeway page, the uh, like there was a crowd out there of these, you know, of all these people back in the 1930s and the insides of this place look freaking it looks like a spaceship it looks like a movie set in itself oh it's beautiful the uh the decor 1930s decor beautiful woodwork the uh the ceilings are just magnificent just watching the just just to go in the theater to see the ceilings is worth worth the price of admission believe it or not the place is just uh uh it's an art gallery in its own so the yeah the architecture look, just looks beautiful. It looks like hand carved and just like one of those things where it's like a handmade product, just a huge sculpture. Um, uh, uh, geez, there was something I was going to say about oh okay, so it's got a balcony. It's got a balcony in there. Yeah, it has a balcony of about it holds the balcony alone holds about six hundred, and the bottom floor holds about nine hundred. So it's a fifteen hundred capacity. Then about another uh, stand-up only seats for uh, the handicapped. So it holds about 1,600 people. That's incredible. I could totally imagine 1,600 people packed in there for only $3 tickets. I mean, you, where else can you get stuff like that? Usually you go into a theater, let's say if you go, you know, two people, or if, especially these families, they bring the kids in there, it's a $400 a day. Right. <laughs> and, and, and here, it'll be a $20 day. And, and that's the thing is, the, the whole part of it is celebrating bringing the fans in, celebrating the accomplishment of the, uh, the artist, and having a good time. That's all it is. It's a celebration of life, and that's what we're trying to promote here. That's crazy. Okay, so I, I, I'm hung up in my brain about this idea that you're playing it on TV. Where, where on TV is, it, is this going to be played? It's uh, actually broadcast on three different networks, uh, possibly four if we work everything out correctly, which will be Amazon Fire, uh, Apple TV, and Roku. It'll, have, it'll be a telecast or a... 
uh, simulcast uh, on each of the networks. And, uh, you know, if you have any videos, you have any friends who have made videos in the past, please submit them. You know, we'd love to have them up on our network and let the world see what you've created. That's is, what this is all about, letting the world a, see. Like some of these film festivals, they have, um, you know, like, you can't, don't send us anything that is more than two years old. Or don't send us anything that's more than, you know, a year old. A lot of these film festivals, they want what's, you know, what's current, what, you know, and then that, that kind of, like, edges out some of these filmmakers who have made stuff, you know, maybe a few years ago, and then they still want to get it out there in the world. What, what, what's the cutoff date for when movies or, or trailers or whatever were made? I mean, what's the cutoff date for that to be, to enter them into the festival? Well, there's really no cutoff date. You know, we, if, there's, if your project has never been seen before and you want to submit it, we'll gladly take it and uh, put it up on television so uh, all your friends, family, and the whole world could see it. So, okay, so for instance, let's say, let's say someone made something uh, back when they were, you know, a teenager or whatever, and they got this fun little short film they made long ago, and they just finally, you know, unearthed it, and they edit this thing together, and can, so they could just, they could send that in? Oh, no, most definitely. We, uh, you know, new projects, new ideas, anything to support the artists, because uh, that's, that's what this is all about, supporting the artist. Let the world see what you've made. And uh, I know there's so many wonderful projects out there, especially the student films, that uh, have never seen the light of day. And they, and they should be seen, and that's what this is all about. Getting those projects out there, letting the world see them, spurring everybody's interest. You never know what can happen from this. And it, this is the, the, the best avenue for the filmmakers to showcase their, uh, their art. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that idea of how, um, people never really know how much of an audience is going to be at a film festival. You know, they send their stuff in and they, people will send their stuff into a film festival, not even knowing if there's going to be an audience in that room or how many people are going to be in that room. It sounds to me like this you know, if it's going to be broadcast on TV, I, you know, who knows how many people could actually see those projects. Oh, definitely. It could go out to millions of people that could vote on uh, the projects. And then uh, I think it's, you know, we, the organizers of the uh, film festival feel that uh, by having the ticket prices so low that we're going to pack the place and have even more people see it, which is fantastic because the more eyes that see it, the better it is for the film, the filmmakers. Is, uh, you know... They want to make another project, and they, they need to make money off of the project that they've already made. And this is what this is all about, is getting people to see it, spurring more interest, getting more funding for their next projects, getting them enthused about filmmaking. Because there's a lot of negative things to go with filmmaking. What we're trying to do is promote all the positives of filmmaking. So what's, what's the uh, Film Market TV? I saw that on the Film Freeway site. What's that one? Oh, that's really interesting. It's basically Craigslist for filmmakers. It's something that nobody's ever done before. Right now, you have eight film markets throughout the year that you can submit your films, and mo most of these films will never see the light of day. They're uh, just little short films, little student films. This way, you, as a filmmaker, if you've made a project, you can put it up on film, on film market TV as a trailer, and you can actually try to sell your project. 
to producers, distributors, whoever else. Plus, uh, we're, we have a whole network of distributors that are on board, and they love the idea because instead of having fil a film market eight times a year, they have it 24-7. All they have to do is turn on film market TV, and uh, they're up and running, and they can see the latest, the newest things that are being made by filmmakers. So that's interesting because that reminds me of like... Um is that called the AFM? Or no, wait, not AFM, not AFM. Um, yeah, American Film Market or something. What was that? Yeah, thing? No, correct. AFM is the is the college, right? No, AFM, what's the AFM's a film market. It's okay. in Santa Monica every year, and uh, it's one of the biggest. Another one is uh, Cannes. Uh, there's also one in uh, Toronto. It's also a film festival, and uh, one in Munich. I, I can't remember all of them, but so. These basically, okay, so basically when people send their movies in to film festivals, it's like, ultimately, the ultimate thing is that they want, that they want their movie, well, number one, to be seen, but then number two, to either be put out by a distributor, seen by a sales agent, hoping that someone's going to be sitting in that audience at, for their screening on that date, if there's even a sales agent or a, a distributor there. Now, the other thing is, is that with these film markets, that's another thing that people go to. So they hope that they find a distributor, hope that they make connections with these sales agents. What it sounds like to me with this film market TV being being played on TV, having, having the trailer out there, it's going to be able to offer the opportunity to sales agents and distributors anywhere in the world that, that come across this to actually connect directly, directly with the, with the filmmaker. Exactly. And that's how it should be. Right now, no middleman, no agents, nobody ripping anybody off. And that's what normally happens in the film industry now, is these wonderful filmmakers will make these nice projects, and all the profits and everything will go to the distributors, and the filmmaker will end up with nothing. We're just putting the power back in the filmmaker's hands, where they can make a profit. And not only that, but we're also going to start up a, a pay-per-view channel for oh. these filmmakers also. So they could actually distribute their project out there and, and make money by on a pay-per-view basis. That's incredible. Wow, man. This is... Well, I can't wait to see how this stuff evolves. And I'm, uh, I'm so curious. I'm so curious to see just the ways in which this is going to affect the populace. And it sounds to me like it's putting the power back in the artist's hands, you know, taking it out of the hands of the monopoly corporations uh, out there. Oh, exactly. And that's what it's all about, putting the power back in the filmmakers' hands because they've never had the power before. And that's where a lot of, there's a lot of discouragement in the industry is because they haven't had the power before. They've had to rely on other people to get their, uh, their projects distributed. Now they don't have to do that anymore. It's in their hands. What they make of their project is what they make of it. If they, if they do nothing with it, the project will do nothing. If they work their, if they work their film, they, they'll have tremendous success. And that's what we're doing, putting the power back in their hands so they can have success. I remember ever since growing up as a little kid just watching TV and wondering, okay, how do you get on that TV? You know, there's all these, all these questions. How do you get on that TV? How do you get content on that TV? How do you act in those things? How do you get that stuff on there? What's so crazy about this is that you through 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 this this process you know through send, submitting to to film freeway <laughs> um and having you and the staff look over over all the all the you know submissions and everything and, and you know combined with um uh oh this way um combined with the with the text voters i mean to be able to 
for these for these creatives to actually have a spot and show it, be able to go, okay, look, here's my here's my project. It's going to be running for four months. It's it's on this. Heck, maybe they don't have Roku on their TV yet, but chances are they probably do know someone who has Roku on their TV. Um, wait, what were you just telling me the other day? Something about, did you say that there's something about by 2020 you read that TVs were all going to have Roku on them? Uh, that's correct. Every manufa- every TV manufactured in 2021 and beyond will have Roku already built into the programming. So our channels will be already embedded in the programming for as long as Roku exists. It's absolutely, that's incredible. So, it's so okay, so Roku is kind of like one of those buttons you see, or they call them the apps, like a Hulu or Netflix, like you see those little buttons on your TV, huh? Correct. Uh, they're uh, their own streaming television network of about 5,100 free channels. So uh, that's the best part about Roku, free channels. Right now, with the price of cable TV, satellite, and even some of the streaming services just skyrocketing, that the, uh, the normal person can't really afford to have cable TV anymore. With Roku, you get 5,100 channels for absolutely free, and a lot of the cable stations that are out there are jumping on the Roku platform. So why are we paying for cable? Why are we paying for a satellite? Interesting. So interesting. Well, listen, folks, we'll talk more later. Uh, thank you, Mike, for... for telling everyone about this stuff oh no problem anytime i i just love that uh you know we're promoting this and uh let's get people involved and get them excited about filmmaking so what's the best place for them to go find out about this and where to submit i would go straight to dominoiff.com as the website it has a link to film freeway and it has the links to all our social media uh, go ahead and contact us. We'll put you on our, our uh, contact list. We'll send you information about all the up-and-coming events that we have. And we would love, love to see you and talk to you. All right. Take care. Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Have you heard or experienced or anyone experienced catfishing, going on dating websites, encountering hackers, trolls, agent provocateurs who bait and reel people in. Please send me your thoughts for today's episode on My Name is Ava, Catfishing, and Other Stories from the Dark Net. Wonderful sentiments by Man Behind the Machine about catfishing and other uh, nefarious activity. Let's see, to go along with that, uh, I have, on on this podcast, I've read... Nigerian emails emails from Nigeria primarily Nigeria seems to be the the hub of a lot of these emails Uh, I haven't really encountered any from other regions of the world yet I'm sure there are tons I might get get them from Zimbabwe someday maybe from Switzerland the next but right now it seems to be a steady stream of Nigerian Emails. I've I've read a couple in the past. I might actually read one on here. Uh, going up to the store right now. Going up to the store. Uh, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Nigerian. Um, let's see. This is a while ago. I was searching for a roommate. And I signed up for a bunch of roommate sites, but I did not pay the service because there's a if you paid on the service, you could actually contact the people 
uh, through their emails. Oh, no, I know what it was. I know it was. If you actually wanted to communicate with someone, you had to pay extra. You could put your listing up there for free, um, and you're not allowed to put any personal information into it. That was the whole thing. They wanted you to pay to be able to communicate with people. Well, in my little advert, in my thing, I put my email address in there, but I put it as a code. Uh, so I misspelled Gmail, and I didn't put .com. So let's say, for instance, uh, I would have put, let's say, Inspirato Projecto, and then the parenthesis sign, and then at, A-T, and then the other parenthesis sign, and then a, and then a G-E-E-M-A-Y-L, and I left it like that. Left it like that. And someone cracked the code. It was a a gal who claimed to be Italian, and in her 20s. And she just was just, just sending me tons of these pictures of like modeling photos. She's like, oh yeah, I'm a model. Here's all the stuff I do. I looked her up. I couldn't find any social network information for this woman whatsoever. You know, and here she, and she was, she sent me a message. She said, what's the crime like in that area? And so I looked around and, you know, there's, as far as I know, there isn't any crime around here. So I told her that. And uh, uh, she said, uh, my dad's uh, secretary is going to send you a check. Um, And there might be something a little extra in there for me when I move out there. So the whole idea was that there's this check. She was giving me the security deposit and the first month's rent. But then there was supposed to be extra money in there. So when she came out, that money was for her. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, why is she always just sending all these modeling photos and stuff? I can't find this woman anywhere on the internet. You figure if you're a model, if you're someone who's trying to promote yourself, you're going to use whatever necess- means necessary to get your get your face out there. Use your, you know, whatever Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, all all that razzmatazz. I said, well, how come I don't see you anywhere? I, I, and, oh, and this is the other thing too. The her, her, the way that she wrote in the emails, it seemed very rudimentary. It was weirdly written. It, there was just like like a comma instead of a period or um, having a, you know, just, just weird, weird stuff. And I said, uh, what other languages do you speak? And she just said Italian and uh, English. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe she's just, you know, that's how she's trying to word things in her Italian um you know, that's how she's trying to word things in her own uh, particular Italian way. And I started thinking, wait a second, a 24-year-old, like, I don't know. I don't know. It was very suspicious, very suspicious. So I talked to my brother about this, and I'm like, ah, what do I, you know, I've got this roommate who's just ready to go, but they're all the way out in Europe, and they're sending this check. And, and then he ended up sending me an email say, beware of the European, what is it, European girl scam or something like that. I'm like, what? And I looked at this page, sure enough, Nigeria up to their old tricks. Uh, or someone pretending to, you know, to be to be this person. So I sent them an email back, just very pleasant. I said, you know, I, 
I saw a lot of just questionable things. Um, and, you know, sorry it can't work out, but um, I said, don't worry, I'll send back the check if I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not even going to, like, I'm not going to cash it or anything. And it turns out what happens is these people send a check, and if, if the person who receives it is actually able to cash it, if they're able to, you know, they get that money, and then, and then the, 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 the European person, posing as the European person, asks you to send them the, the rest of the, you know, send them that money or whatever, or the, or the, the extra part, you know, um, what turns out that it's a fake check, and now you're held responsible for that thousands and thousands of dollars. And I ended up getting uh, a check in the mail, actually, and it was like, I'd never seen anything like it. It was like brown. It was brown, and it didn't even seem like a check. It seemed, I don't know, maybe it was a money order or something? I don't know, but... So I didn't do anything with it, but I got out of that one. So in a sense, I guess that was catfishing. How many of you people out there have your own stories? Call me, 561-203-9179. Call us out here in Jupiter. 561-203-9179-er. Here, here we are at that St. Rock intersection again. Wait, 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 That's the sound wait, of the man. wait, wait. wait. Waiting wait, at wait, the wait, 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 Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, I heard you. Thank you. They told us we could walk. Oh, here he is. This one's now seen it. Walk sign is on the cross. Second. Okay, thank you. Walk sign is on the cross. Oh, second. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. This is the end, beautiful friend, the end. The time to stop walking is near. This is the end. Oh, there it is. No more. Wait. Second. Walk sign is on the cross. Oh. Second. We just, ha- Second. We just hijacked it. Walk sign is on we the cross. We just hacked it and it's working again. Second. Walk sign is on the cross. Second. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Second. Oh, yeah? Walk sign is on the cross. Oh. Second. Oh, okay. Thanks. Second. Uh-huh. Walk sign is on the oh. cross. Second. Oh, okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah? Walk sign is on the cross. Oh. Second. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Wait. What? All right. What? Walk sign is on the cross. Oh. Second. Oh, that's what you were saying earlier. Second. Yeah? Walk sign is on the cross. Right. Second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know Second. what that... Yeah. Walk sign okay. is on the cross. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Jeez, that guy just he just keeps going on and on, dude. He just doesn't stop. Do you think they dress like that all the time or just recently? That's what I'm wondering. I don't remember seeing them like that before. Max Sabbath I definitely want to see live. Yeah, That's I for sure. Want to see them. I definitely want to see those guys live. I love the fact that they have that absurdity, the fact that they're just so completely so far down the rabbit hole of what those characters are. They're and they're, they're they're like they're dude. What I wanna know is if they're two if it's a duo. Or if those are actually people in those costumes. Oh, like if they actually play instruments on stage? God, that would be great. With See Mayor those, McCheese playing yeah. the bass or something? Or Grimace on the drums? That j- jump on stage. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there, there are, you know, there are quite a few McDonald's. Yeah, it does. We're playing uh, the concert in the parks in Simi Valley. Dude. Though. June 15th, Rancho oh, Simi man. Park. Right in the heart of my hometown. Oh, my God. Well, what I call home now. Dude, I love the fact that we're going to be playing with the Grace Band again. I love those guys. I love They have great energy. They are so fun, and they they bring the party. They do. They do. They do. 
Um, oh, it's going to be at Starlight. I see some hats are coming out, you ladies and gentlemen. You see some hats already. Oh, it's boy, the first hat spotting of, of the Dude, evening. Dude, it is the first hat Across spotting. Across from Domino's and Hermosa's Saloon. Oh. Looks like they're going into the saloon for oh. some pre-party. Let's do the same. Let's just, yeah, I was it. just going to say. Um, so, Pauly, this you said something that was astounding the other night that I didn't get a chance to actually... I want I want to make sure that we, we, we archive this because I want to get the before and the after. And plus, I want to get the excitement that's contained in what you're about to tell us here. Um, it's, uh, it's a famous piece, and you played it. For your students, can you can you let the at-home viewers know what that piece is and and what their excitement level is of playing that piece, of learning it? Well, it was all facilitated through the excellent uh, video production of Vice Online Video. This is not a promotion or a plug in any sense. I'm just saying they put together a 10-minute video that had my kids who have never heard of John Coltrane or Giant Steps had them enthralled, and they wanted to play by the end of the video. They're like, Mr. Pate, we have to play Giant Steps. So, so they're willing to take that challenge. In fact, I had several students say that jazz is their new favorite uh, band class. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it definitely converted some students. They love they love jazz thanks to that video. I can't so, remember the, the, the lady's name who did it, but she did it. It was so job. good. It was so good. I saw the same one, and they described the whole mathematical thing perfectly with all the drawings and right, animations. Right, the circle of fourths, which is circle of fifths, pardon me, which is the same thing backwards, but it's a very advanced musical uh, concept. And they had, by the end of... Uh, 10 minutes had all my students understanding the circle of fifths and how they related to John Coltrane's giant wow. steps. They even learned about the 2-5-1 chord progression. Dude. Yeah. So did they start like rehearsing that and practicing that chord progression after they learned that? Well, we've started learning each individual scale. We started with the concert E-flat major. Next, we're going to be tackling one of the harder ones, G major, which is, sounds easy on the piano. It's only one sharp, but uh, it, it, it transposes to uh, the trumpet A, which is three sharps, and the saxophone E, which is four sharps. So that's kind of kind of difficult for my Dude. middle school students. Wow. But we'll spend a week on it. We're done with our concert. We don't have finals, so we just get to explore, uh, have the luxury of exploring excellent um, just... just uh, trajectory help me out here I'm the music yeah. teacher oh, yeah. trajectory of, uh, of jazz the whole trajectory of pop music pop musicians you don't hear a lot but they related in the video to uh, Beyonce and another uh, pop vocalist who uses uh, who uses uh, modulation uh, which is which is which was discussed in Giant Steps 2 in the video compared the modulation of pop tunes to the modulation of jazz music and how jazz music is a little little more complex uh, but it's very interesting. I highly recommend you go out and watch it. Click uh, John Coltrane, Giant Steps, the most feared jazz song in history and why it's the most feared. You used a word there that was a really juicy, nutritious word, modulation. Can you explain what that might mean? Yes. Uh, it's where you go from one key, like do, ra, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, and then you go up like do, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. You go up to like the next key, but yeah. you do it in a uh, like chromatic way where you go like in half steps, where you can approach it from a... F Anyways, I'm getting really boring. Uh, it's it's, boring. Going it's from intriguing. one key to a next. And I wanna... it adds, usually modulations happen up a, up a step, either a half step or a whole step, and it like creates... Uh, like not uh, anxiousness, but excitement in the song. Like adds tension to it because it's like it's like here we are in one key. Da 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 da. Here, that kind of has a tension. You yeah. want to go back to da 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 da. So that's modulation. But you go and usually you stay in the key that how you do, go to. How do, well, okay. How does modulation fit into mathematics? 
I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I'm just a musician. Well, there's this, musician. There's the circle of fifths, and I'm thinking mathematically there'd be a good way for you know for the kids oh, who are mathematically inclined. You know, that makes me think of a uh, an image in the John Coltrane video that we're referring to, where yeah. it it shows his analysis of the circle of fifths and how. Uh, they all relate to each other, and it, they didn't show it for that long. But if you pause it on your computer screen, yeah. you can see it's very intricate, and he has like lines written everywhere. It looked like a, like a, um, like a uh, Michelangelo or like a Da Vinci like sketch. It looked very geometric, yeah. didn't yeah. it? Yeah, like his sketch of man, like very detailed, yeah. the different, the different like way that man moves, the different way you can move around the circle yeah. of fifths. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking, you know, once you crack the code on the mathematics of it, those kids who are more mathematically inclined and do great at math, holy shnikes, can you imagine them really wrapping their brain around the concept of those of those uh, um, different, like you're saying, the modulations? Yeah. You figure out the math, you can break the code. It's very mind-blowing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. The fact that he's teaching these kids, the fact that they're excited about this, I mean, it seems like it was a perfect introduction to kind of get them, helping them wrap their brains around these kinds of concepts and actually get comfortable with them. Yeah, I mean, they tackled it. They, I gave them the music, and they're going for it. it they, they really discovered how difficult it was when they first tried to play it. Uh-huh. Did it deter uh, them? Did it deter uh, them? Kind of a little bit. We didn't spend too much time on it because I didn't want to burn them out on it. But mm -hmm. they have the music, and we'll see next time we play it in class if, it's, if they've worked on it. Is this where we're at? Is this where we're going? We will uh, talk more later. It's Prado Projecto. Oh. Maybe I'll keep this going. Maybe you'll keep it going. What are you drinking, Tommy? Eating, Tommy. I'm eating a bean and cheese burrito deluxe. I don't think it's a regular bean and cheese burrito. It's a deluxe. Oh, deluxe. What makes it deluxe? Because I'm eating it. Well, there you go. There you go. Enough said, as they say. As they, whoever they are. They do sure. Now, where are we at, Tommy? We were at Rosa's famous Mexican restaurant on PCH in Redondo Beach. Or is this Hermosa Beach? We're in one of the beaches. It feels like we're right on the corner of it, right? Yeah. Right on the cusp? Yeah, yeah. The we're crispy the, cusp. On the line. On, the, on line. the line! Bub isn't always on time. It's just not yeah. always on time. But yeah. It's, uh, was good. your food on time? It was more than on time. It was early. No like, we ordered it, and all of a sudden, the plate was on my thing. <laughs> all of a sudden, the plate was on my thing. Crazy. Holy cow, dude. Maybe that's what it is. They got psychics working as chefs, so they know what Try you're going to order before you even walk in. Do I dump one? Uh, dump. Do I dump one of these Wait, do you like hot sauce? large break tortillas? It break it off. Break, really break it off. Break it off. There you go. Mm. Oh God, you're not kidding, dude. That is hot. I can't believe you dared me to do that, and I took the challenge. Oh God. The Ikesters. Oh, man. Oh my God. Mr. Sailor Hawkins, what kind of sauce did you use for... What are you eating, first of all? Fuck you, ma'am. There you go. <laughs> the most... <laughs> Nothing but love when you come hang out with the other yeah. Nothing but love. Uh, Sailor Hawkins' theme song is Shiny Happy People, by the way. That's his favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> and coming in second is Today is the Greatest Day of My Life by... Uh, Oh, Day I've Ever Known by Smashing Pumpkins. That's coming in second for his favorite song. So what are you chomping on? A chip. There it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Baba Booey, what are you eating? What? What are you eating over there? 
She'll live every day. And what are your thoughts about this? It's delicious. Because I know you're a huge Mexican food fan. Yeah, it's delicious. Good. Come here. He's Mexican. He is Mexican. Mex, I can. Now, I heard that the uh, party is going to have a, a taco buffet. Yes. And you are eating some tacos. This is a burrito. Will you be uh, eating tacos after you eat this burrito? At the no, buffet? Sir. No. You'll be all t- uh, Mexican food out of that. Okay, can I just enjoy my horse cock taco while you're... Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Taylor Hawkins wants to enjoy his meal. Tommy, how's that burrito going? It's great. It's, uh, is it filling you up? Good. It's very good. How many ounces do you think that is? It's um, like 13 ounces of Mexican food. I would say that's sure. That's what we'll go with. 13. Can you fit that in your belly? All of it? We're going to find out. Oh, boy. Here we go. Good try. Find out. He's going to try. How about you, Chaz? That's a full plate, man. Yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, I mean, oh, that was just a... Ch- Chaz Ruiz uh, was here. Now he's gone. He was here. Now he's gone. taco burrito? So, you know what makes uh, the world-famous... Rosa's authentic Mexican food restaurant so world famous. <clears throat> what what? The celebrity sightings. There are lots of celebrity sightings. Yeah. This I thought I saw some earlier. Did you didn't you see the same one I saw? Yeah. Um, it's a. Yeah, I saw a Santa Claus here. He was here. It I was. I saw Doobie McDonald too. Wasn't Doobie McDonald we here? We did see him here. He was here. He was singing songs about quit here. Quit here. Quit here. Doobie McDonald. Oh my gosh, he's still he here. He is here. Give me a taco, baby. Gotta go. All right, well, he just disappeared through the kitchen. That was quick. That see was quick. See you, Doobie. Well, see you, see you later, Doobie. See you later, baby. Oh, that was a fast one. He was here so fast. This was like Speedy McDonald. Speedy he was, McDonald. He was. <laughs> Speedy McDonald. Are you going to order some food here, or are you going to wait for the taco buffet back over the oh, other I'm place? I'm going to order some food here. Yeah, that sounds good. Although it's 6.30, isn't that when the taco buffet I think so. I might have to order a drink here. Ladies and gentlemen, more on this, more on this later. Bum, 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 bum,